Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I'm head coach at Rugby Coach Weekly and I'm delighted to be joined tonight by Nick Elborn and Tony Wilkinson. Uh, they are... One's an age grade chair and the other one is a club coaching coordinator. They will tell us a little bit more about their roles in a moment. Um, And the main aim of this podcast is to talk about some of the issues around getting the club up and running for the start of the season, given all the things that have happened over the past few months. So uh, first over to you, Tony, just tell us a little bit about uh, what your role is and where you're based. So I'm based at Scunthorpe Rugby Club. I was a player and a fan and then became a parent uh, before becoming a coach, where I then took on a safeguarding role before I took on the CCC role, like what Nick's doing, and finally became the age grade chair um, uh, at Scunthorpe for my sins. So that was a, a very short history of, of me. Yeah. And how long have you been doing the age grade chair? So this is coming up to my third season. Um, I found that uh, I was... I had an idea that I wanted to push forward of, of where I wanted the club to go or where I wanted the age grade section to go. Uh, and the best way to, to influence that was by being the guy who made the decisions, I guess. <laughs> OK, so we're looking forward to hearing some of your decisions <laughs> as the podcast comes along. Uh, over to you, Nick. Right, well, I came down to Wimborne, uh, which is down on the on the south coast in Dorset, uh, about 10 years ago, having been previously in Northamptonshire for quite a long time uh, and my pathway has been slightly the opposite of uh, Tony's. I actually became the uh, Minion Youth Chair uh, quite rapidly after joining and I've been working my way down ever since uh, and my role now uh, is as the club coaching coordinator but I've also taken on at the moment uh, overall responsibility uh, for uh, looking at the COVID-19 stuff and the restart. Right, and we, I, I know you've just come out of a meeting on that, so we'll be, we'll be asking a bit about uh, all those things as well. So my first question is to you, Nick. Um, given that COVID is throwing a lot of things up in the air and the players may be coming back in their dribs and drabs, um, I want to know a bit more about coaching groups and your coaches themselves. So have you managed to retain your coaching groups and have you needed to, to recruit? Well, we've been really quite fortunate uh, overall in that we haven't lost uh, many coaches. Uh, one age group, I think, lost a couple, but actually they've been able to replace them both already. And so our main recruiting focus with coaches is much the same as it is in most years, and that's finding uh, new coaches for the under-sixes and under-sevens uh, down at the youngest age, end of the club. And how have you gone about that? Well, I think what we've tended to do is to support them a bit with lending experienced coaches from other age groups to start with, and then trying to get alongside the parents uh, within that age group and trying to get some of those involved and then train them up to be coaches. Has it been the same for you, Tony, or has it been a different picture? Uh, no, we've been very fortunate that uh, our volunteers, have, uh, all our coaches are volunteers, 
we uh, have managed to keep all of them um, and we haven't lost any. Uh, we've just continued to communicate, have regular meetings and uh, we, we, we use apps and things like that to communicate and uh, keep abreast of what uh, the RFU keep coming out with uh, different laws. In relation to the uh, the younger coaches, uh, the younger kids who, uh, and coaches, we've just decided in the lockdown to to push on to bring like an under under three to five year olds. So and we've found that there's lots of ex players who are bringing their three and four year olds down. So now we've got a factory line of of coaches waiting to be pushed into the mini junior section. You mentioned some apps. Uh, you are allowed to mention some uh, brand names. So, uh, what apps are you using? Brilliant. Uh, predominantly, we use Hedger. Um, at, uh, we've got our own, so all the coaches are a part of there. It seems to keep the the um, the conversation tied into one particular uh, thread, rather than just using text where messages could get lost. So, someone will post a topic on Hedger app and then people can reply to that one topic. Um, and then we, we still continue with our monthly meetings, you know, uh, to be fair, we've, we've had better response to uh, online meetings. We have face to face, if I'm honest, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a revelation. So that sounds like online's probably uh, saved some of the, um, the, the team's bacon in terms of keeping their coaches. Nick, uh, obviously you've kept and retained coaching groups. What do you think has been, in your experience, the way to retain coaches over the years? I mean, above and beyond the challenges of COVID. I think overall, uh, it's been making sure that we give our coaches an opportunity to develop themselves. So we are very keen uh, on offering courses. Uh, we, uh, the club pays for any external coaching courses they go on, and we also do internal CPD. Uh, and so we hope that the coaches then start to take a pride in what they're doing, feel confident in what they're doing. Uh, and in general, it seems to have worked at getting them to move on through. Um, so I'm interested in this internal CPD. Uh, Tony, I know that you're very keen to do the sorts of that sort of thing as well. Uh, have you have you used that sort of thing, or how else would you support the coaches? No, no, yeah, we've done very similar. Um, we bring uh, our first team coaching, uh, Tim Robinson, who's uh, I'll give him a little plug. He's currently doing his PhD through Sheffield Hallam. Uh, he comes in. Uh, does CPD nights for on uh, get it right, ecological dynamical oh, yeah. training, which is a very long word for gamif gamification of uh, training. Um, we've also got some DPP coaches who are um, coaches within the setup, and then the the, uh, the Grab to Leicester Tigers. They've come in and done a few and, and managed to drag in the the academy coaches for them. So we've been very fortunate and the same as what Nick says, we pay for external courses. Uh, we try and upskill as and when we can. Um, yes, that's us. Now, um, there'll be some people who be listening in who are in similar roles to yourselves and there'll be others who are listening in who are just coaches within that. So um, how much do you find that the, the, your coaches themselves are asking you for this or do you really have to, 
drive it towards them. Nick, do you are you are you saying this is here, or are you having requests landing on your desk week in week out? I think we've now developed a culture where the coaches are looking for things to happen. So if I uh take my foot off the the pedal at all <laughs> then i will get emails saying you know when's the next thing thing happening and in addition to the sort of topic based cpds uh we run uh three sort of coaches gatherings a year uh where we get together give the coaches some food talk about things share practice and and those sort of things as well uh, and that's when they often and raise which specific CPD they would like us then to lay on. All right, so some of it is driven from within, which is which is really good. Okay, I want to move on to the next uh, next question, and I'm going to start with you here, Tony. Um, there are going to be some challenges about getting the right numbers and the groups and the bubbles uh, for training nights. So. Have things changed for training nights uh, and for Sundays, or are you are they very much the same as they always do? No, very much. Uh, we would bring pretty much everybody together um, and 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 let them have part of the field. Uh, now we've had to set up uh, almost like a Google calendar and a diary event for people to uh, come to the fields if you like so that we can so we're quite lucky in that we've got a separate training area to our our home ground which we have to share with the cricket over the summer but in the separate area we've got two pitches so we can have so we've said that four teams can go down to these two pitches and have half pitch each of course that only that only lends itself to the sevens to elevens and then we've got 12 to 16 and the girls sections of 13 15 and 18 um so to really uh, do a bit of a juggling act with who and where, but to be fair, they've all been fantastic and they've communicated well and, and mucked in, and so everyone gets a slice of the cake, if you like. All right, and I, I'm I'm sure that people are just keen to get back and um, make do with the, the situation as it is. Nick, have you are you finding a similar situation, or is it different for you? Well, I don't think we've had much problem. Uh, really, in terms of the midweek evening sessions, we are now uh, using four evenings a week. But the age groups, the academy, the seniors are fairly spread out. So I don't see a problem there. Sundays, with a quite big uh, mini youth section and only two pitches, uh, is presenting more of a problem. And our solution at the moment has been, instead of having two uh, sessions morning we've now got three shorter sessions in the morning so six seven eight nine come on for an hour short gap to change over then 10 11 12 uh have an hour and a quarter and 13 14 15 have an hour and a quarter and then the academy come on in the afternoon so it's it's four sessions in effect in total uh, including the afternoon just to make sure there's enough space for everybody to play and they've reacted well to this they're uh, just going to want to get on with it 
Well, so far the coaches and managers have uh, re reacted well to it. We'll, f we'll find out on Sunday, which is the first time we're doing it, uh, how well the players uh, and parents respond to it. But so far, uh, any indication we had of being quite good. Yeah, and I, th I feel there's a quite a positive sense that uh, maybe this is a change um, for the positive anyway. Uh, we'll maybe come back to that. Now, um, let's talk money. And I'll go to you, Nick. Uh, I'm not going to ask you for money, but I'm going to ask you what have been the budget implications of what's been happening? Well, we have a sort of what I'd probably politely describe as a fairly tired clubhouse. So we don't let it out for things over the summer in any case. So there haven't been huge income uh, implications for that. And we have received a reasonably generous support grant, uh, which means so far we've been covering any extra expenses we've been having uh, reasonably comfortably. Uh, and as things are developing on now, uh, we we are starting to collect subs in, which we're pleased about. We did wonder how willing people would be uh, to commit themselves. Uh, but we haven't yet uh, been uh, able to do over clubhouse bar and obviously until we do that we are not getting the income we'd usually expect that so what uh, what gives then so obviously without so much income what what has to be put to one side i think it probably means on the training side we will the, the the cpd side we will rely a bit more heavily on uh doing uh stuff internally although of course the fact that quite a bit of the rfu's provision has gone online uh, and is free uh, will mean we'll still be able to to use that uh, perhaps some things like balls and uh, contact pads and things like that are going to have to last a little bit longer uh, before uh, they get renewed uh, so we're just really being careful and not spending money unless we need to spend money yeah how about you tony as um inevitably that uh, subs will probably be down a bit and not quite as much income where do you see you having to cut back um yeah uh, kit um brand new shirts bus trips that type of thing we we may struggle to, to fund what what went on in the past but um we've got dedicated uh, sponsorship leads who go out and and uh, cajole businesses for money but that that's obviously tighter now um with uh with lockdown and, and the local businesses not being able to uh have as much expendable income if you like to to push it out but he, he does do us a good job um so um we, we We've got people tied down for another year, which which we're really thankful for. In in terms of the clubhouse, it's a it's a huge uh, area of business for us because there's been some really big renovations on the clubhouse, and it's a town centre club, so people use it for weddings, christenings, wakes, pretty much everything, birthday parties, or works. And so that's where we that's where we now have to focus on getting this getting our club out there again. Um, and if things need to, we need a place to play and, and a special aspect to the to the club as well. So we, we, if the other other matters have to uh, get 
still think we have a club and that's where we'll start spending on it and getting that back on its on its feet, if you like. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, some things will have to go by the by and uh, maybe we'll have to use the balls for a bit longer and contact pads and that sort of thing. We'll have to find different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've often uh, like a bit of stash and one of the things that... Uh, the way to reward coaches is to make sure that they look they're looking smart. But it's going to it's going to be tough. But I think if the energy's there, we'll, people will find their find their ways around. I mean, my understanding is that rugby is relatively cheap as opposed to many other sports in your areas. Is that is that what you found, Nick, in uh, where you are in sunny Dorset near Sandbanks? I think that that, that is probably. Uh, a fair comment both in terms of uh, other sports and also of course the people who uh, like to get onto the into the water uh, in this area have to spend a fair chunk of money to uh, to cover that and so I think we are perceived as fairly cheap but at the same time we have to be careful because that isn't something that everybody finds Mm. and so we're making sure that we do have uh, funds available to discreetly and confidentially support people uh, if in these slightly difficult times uh, they can't meet what a lot of people regard as being a fairly modest subscription. So, I mean, in, in your part of the world, Tony, I would have thought that uh, soccer was one of your main rivals. How do you, do you, do you find that you were uh, bashing up against them in terms of getting numbers and uh, budgets? Um, yeah, you're right, um, and I think we're out on a limb in Scunthorpe in that we're right on the north on the boundary of our uh, constituent body, uh, NLD. Uh, in fact, we're close to a lot of the Yorkshire clubs. Um, so uh, um, when it comes to, in terms of competing, up until under-13s, they can play both, and then after under-13s, they're just in enough green space for under 13 play football and rugby so the the kids unfortunately have to choose um a lot of them we, we managed to keep a high proportion of those who come to us we lose very few to football who have gone through the rugby rank rugby age grade groups but uh, there's there's hundreds of players out there um and you know uh, <laughs> who can blame parents who have to travel five minutes to go to Ten different ten, ten different football clubs. Yet they have to travel, and there is rugby club is twenty miles down the road. You know, mm. so it's uh, you know it, it's difficult, but it, it's a subject we that's all in there in time. You know, so, uh, but yeah, we, we're saturated by some uh, some ways as well, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so taking taking us sort of forward and talking about support. Um, Tony, going to you, um, you've obviously gone in and made some changes and you were keen to make some changes. And given that uh, the RFU are now in a different place than they were this time last year in terms of support, where are the best places to look for support to help actually make things move forward? What in your experience? Do you know what? I, I um, When you send that question through, Dan, I... Uh, I had to have a think about that one because the RDO for our area was a massive 
Salsa support for Scunthorpe and he, he enjoyed what we did, um, you know, and I'd like to think that we had a good relationship. So losing him is a is a is a huge sort of body blow for the club. So um, after that, I would I'd say that our main source of support comes from within. So our um, our coaches are the are the, are the people. They're, they're the ones with the ideas and the parents. And actually, you know, we we commissioned a. Uh, a bit of a survey, you know, like a, a questionnaire is the word I'm looking for, um, of the parents seeing what we can do to improve, what we can do to push on, what we can do to support and uh, if they had any ideas. Because there's always people out there who have ideas. We just need to, uh, we just need to know them. Yeah. I mean, I've actually seen you sent me that questionnaire and it was, it was fascinating really because the diversity of the answers was interesting and also uh how some of the answers came together and you felt well actually we're on probably on the right tracks with that um so nick have you how do you deal with that and have you done a similar sort of thing in terms of reaching out to your parents and coaches yes we, we did we haven't done one at the end of this season because it came to an end slightly more abruptly than we were <laughs> expecting but we did do a survey uh, at the end of the, the previous season, which pointed us in a number of uh, useful directions. Uh, as far as getting support at the m moment is concerned, I still find uh, some of the materials that the RFU publish are are quite useful. Mm, uh, yeah, the only thing, problem at the moment is that if you have any questions about them, it's difficult to find uh, anybody to, to answer them. And sometimes when we're looking for answers, we try going on to some of the online forums like the uh, the Kids First or the Leadership Academy. Uh, but the only problem with that is you get some very clear and definite answers uh, from people and then clear and definite answers from somebody else does the exact opposite. Yeah. So you have to say struggle a little bit sometimes to work out. Uh, and what we've done, because we have missed the, the support from the RFU, uh, is we have uh, engaged our former CRC in the area uh, uh, to sort of act as a bit of a consultant for us. So he has overlooked, overseen, or looked, had a look at uh, all of our, our COVID plans and checked them off, uh, which I think our club committee, who are clearly a bit anxious, uh, were reassured by. And he's also going to be available to sort of help guide us uh, still a bit. So to an extent, we, we've sort of bought in some of the support. And again, when you're look, looking for uh, ideas of doing training and so on, uh, of course, it's like your own rugby coach is very, very helpful in terms of uh, giving ideas, some of which we sort of pick up and use straight away, some of which we <laughs> pick up and play around with and adapt uh but they've been good news well thank you uh thank you and the checks in in the post nick for that uh, that kind advert um and i would uh, go back to the looking in, on the online forums um the kids first on facebook is very useful however you're quite right that i think sometimes um the the advice does seem to uh contradict 
one another, uh, each person's advice. And uh, there are some very good people which you would say, oh, yes, if, say, someone like Tim Ravenscroft comes on, you think, right, well, here's someone, the voice of reason. And then others may be slightly um, muddy the waters. So it, it would be good if there was somebody who could say, yes, definitely, this would be the, the ideal person to listen to. Tony, have you, are, do you, are you a... Are you a do you jump into those forums or do you where do you seek your advice uh for running the club or yeah. for just anything well any anything on this on this uh, uh, with all the changes and the regulations and the stage c now we're in stage d what, where are you going to check that you are on target yeah, I think we'll uh, the, the RFU website um, prov provided a uh, the online sort of um, pamphlet type of thing with loads of links at the back of it, and and there, there was that much to read really that it kind of maybe got lost in the in the fog a little bit. Um, so we do what we think is right. And <laughs> I asked my wife, and she tells me where I've gone wrong. <laughs> uh, she, she, uh, but no, I've, uh, to be fair, I'm, I'm really fortunate that um, one of my, com uh, well, most of my committee members keep me on the straight and narrow. Uh, in that uh, we can bounce ideas off one another, uh, and between us, we we tend to we tend to come up with a practical solution to any issues. And, and do you know what? I thinking such as like the training areas you know will um someone someone somewhere will, will have an idea about how to how to get around that um is it you know i'm not i don't have all the answers there's people there i guess and i, I think that um, there's lots of sensible people around which can who can help you come up with these answers and i don't think you uh, one can say sit in a silo and think oh well i've got to sort it out for myself there are there's there's lots of different ways to do it and my sense is that um, if you think that you're doing it for the right reasons uh, and you're following um, sensible guidelines, you're probably going to get it right. It's when the people are trying to find shortcuts that things go wrong. And that's uh, that's the danger. And um, that's why it's good to ask as many people as possible. Obviously, yeah. try and be cautious, but things have got to move forward. So I, I sense there are some opportunities for positive change which are going to come out of this. Um, uh, Tony, what? Now we're now we're coming back. What do you think is going to be better uh, for what has been a pretty rubbish situation? Uh, what's going to be better? Uh, people will appreciate rugby more. That's for sure. Um, people will. Uh, um, people people know what they've missed. You know? So they, they've missed uh, seeing the mates on a Sunday. They've missed travelling down the road to go have a game of rugby and having a sausage butty after after a game and getting muddy and and, and bumped up a bit. So um, uh, not only that, I think we've got the opportunity to. Um, Review practices uh, within the club. Uh, review our, you know, we've talked about CPD, so we can review uh, our own coaching methods and things like that. Are we doing things right? We can online um, online meetings. There's loads of stuff that you can you can go on and on. You know. So as I mean, the good the good the good news is that um, 
you've you've had a chance to almost step back and do some things which you might not have had the chance to do before. But also, I really sense a real energy to get back and do things um, in a more positive way as well. So, Nick, have you have you uh, sensed the same sort of opportunities? Yeah, I think there really are opportunities. I think it's been a good opportunity to uh, actually be able to step back from too much focus on the business of trying to uh, win rugby matches. Mm. And we, it's brought in a lot more emphasis uh, on on the playing skills. Uh, and so our sessions at the moment, we have actually staying, we haven't moved on to stage uh, D yet. Uh, we're still as a club staying with C for about another week. Uh, but we are seeing uh, a good balance of of skills activities, a uh, bit of uh, conditioning activities, and then the theme of those skills activities going into the the ready for rugby type games and being coached. So actually, to some extent, the the coaching practice to keep it interesting uh, and enjoyable for the players has actually become better. We're having to coach better to make it work, and I, and I think that uh is a real positive coming out of it and i think it's actually brought about a better engagement in our club between the the adult section of the club and the the youth section of the club uh, and that's also been interesting we, we've just it wasn't done because we knew covid was coming we've we've just launched what we're calling an academy covering under 16 to to under 18 and it actually has again given us the opportunity to develop that without the pressure of fixtures coming up too quickly. So I think there have been definite benefits. Yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange thing uh, that uh, the lack of fixtures has provided those sorts of opportunities. Um, so going, go, just going back onto the point you've made there, Nick, about uh, the lack of fixtures. Um, I think that obviously players and coaches have missed that. And they're they're very keen to get back to play, but on the other hand, uh, there's been there's plenty of coaches out there who were saying, well, actually, we've got a chance to develop ourselves in in different ways. Um, does this mean that in the future, it might there might be a case for saying, let's play uh, not as many matches as we played before, or do you think that actually in the end the players would say? Uh, you know, why am I turning up if I'm just training all the time? Tony, what what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, personally, uh, and just the age group I coach at under 16s, they they love matches, they love being able to, they, they enjoy training. But I think there's a, a shelf life to uh, training and running against your mates. I actually think that they want to go in and test themselves against other clubs in the area. Um, I think if I was to say that we'd have every other week as a match. I'm not sure how that would go down. Um, I think the I think there has to be a, a natural break in matches. So to play every week um, isn't beneficial to them. They I think they need to um, maybe just one. You know, th- if he was in a four week block, have one week of training and three weeks of games. I think I think that's sort of the feedback I would get from my kids. To they may prove me wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they would. Uh, I think they're um, they're ready for games now, um, yeah. and we we st- we started as stage B 
I think it was when the, the, the groups of six and, and no face-to-face contact. So we started with the under-16s then doing a, just bringing them back together for the for the social aspect more than anything. Yeah, I think this is going to be, um, I, I, I think that there will be that sense of uh, fewer fixtures may be beneficial, but there's always that other danger that really you're turning up to play and um, you maybe become a more skillful player uh, without the fixtures, but that's not really why you're there. And it's some, sometimes that social can make the mix, but it will it will be different, and it'll be interesting to see when we have the same conversation maybe in six months' time, whether you say yes, we we have seen a sea change and players are more comfortable with this style or that style, and it might be that nobody's turning up for training at all, and uh, or lots of people are. So we'll see. So um, my final question is: um, in your experience, what sometimes gets missed in all of this, where everything has been happening? Uh, almost at 100 miles an hour, but also with time for reflection. Uh, in your experience, are we are people saying things and you're saying, well, actually, that's not what it's all about? Nick? I think uh, we're having to be careful uh, to make sure that it is still fun or still enjoyable. Uh, because obviously to some extent some of the activities are limited uh, and also there are people, probably parents more than players, some coaches, some officials uh, who are a little bit nervous and that can come across and we've felt that there's been a need and one of the purposes of our uh, our training with some of the coaches and managers this evening uh, is to try to build up their confidence in what they're doing and we're saying to them, we don't only want the idea that the that the players are going to enjoy Sunday. We want the idea uh, that our coaches and managers are going to enjoy Sunday and be confident about Sunday, uh, because that positivity then comes across, and it's more likely that the players will enjoy it if they see all the adults sort of looking a little bit nervous uh, and so on. That won't work. So we've got to be confident. We've got to be positive. We've got obviously it's got to be the priority. But we've got to be so they can still have the still have themselves. Right. And uh, over to you, Tony. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Sort of piggybacking a little bit on what Nick said. Really, that we have to uh, ensure that it is fun and, and remember uh, about the people have lives as well you know it's not we, we kind of seem to get focused on everyone wants to we, we need to get everybody to train in and uh, actually the, there's uh, a big well-being potentially you know mental health positivity coming out of, of training and the exercise from uh, that the kids get getting them out uh, I've spoken to a few parents who say god you know I can't get them off for xbox and rugby is the only thing that they you know that they uh, um, that they do uh, so you know we can't lose that in that we uh, we provide not just a, a facility for rugby and, and developing players coaches and everything like that but actually we you know we, we've got a huge uh, responsibility to pretend, you know improve people's mental and well-being when they come to rugby and just like like you say if you can make that fun and engaging um, and people are going to definitely keep coming back I guess 
So my sense is, and from both of what you said, is that we've got to remember why we've actually turning up for rugby. And um, it's yeah. it's about that social interaction. It's about um, whatever we judge is fun. And if we haven't been there and been with other people, probably that's that's what's going to get missed. And uh, I think that but both of what you're saying is let's have that confidence. Let's give our coaches that confidence to get out there and feel that they're in a safe environment and then they can be themselves and they can go along and do do the coaching um, and enjoy the company of their players and all the parents and yeah this is what it, that's what it's all about try and rebuild rebuild rugby as a as a sport and for the right reasons you get them off the xbox get them out of the house so um nick um sort of to to wrap things up what are you most looking forward to um in the next couple of weeks when you're back in and things are up and running i think that it's it's that it's that buzz i suppose that one gets in coaching anyhow uh of of seeing uh young players out there uh enjoying themselves learning and developing their skills uh and also getting that that social interaction that uh, rugby brims through this period of time it there's been an awful lot of time i've found uh sitting in front of a computer doing dullish stuff sort of writing procedures and risk assessments and it really it begins to fall a bit after a while and then you go out to a training evening and the players are out there doing what the players do the coaches are out there doing what the coaches do and it gives a real buzz about it and that that's what i'm really looking forward to see uh happening more and more yeah tony i, I expect you're probably going to say the same thing or is there something slightly different no yeah very much similar i'm looking forward to seeing a full clubhouse you know uh, having one two three teams um uh enjoying the rugby and then i don't know enjoying the clubhouse afterwards with a, a, a um I don't know, bacon butty or whatever they get, and then going off and and, and and speaking about it with the mates and things like that, you know, and that's where I get my buzz from, knowing that, uh, and not only that, just pushing the club on a little bit to um, uh, to improve, get better when we can when we can get back to making plans and, and ideas of grandiose, maybe. Well, I, I think that uh, one of the things you said there is particularly interesting is that the training, the hour of training, or the hour and a quarter of training is only a small part of why we're involved in it and why the parents and the kids are involved in it. It's the conversations afterwards, it's the uh, looking forward to, and it's the planning. So there's so many other things around it. I and mean, that's why I think everyone's really excited to get back. We have to get back in the right way. We've got to approach it using uh, being very careful and I know uh, both of you are working extremely hard with uh, lots of other people to make sure that the coaches and players can do it in the best possible way so uh, I mean just on behalf of them I want to thank you both uh, for this evening and what you've saying but also for all the hard work that you're you're doing and I know you get uh, enormous pleasure out of what you're doing but it is still as as Nick says, sitting in front of the computer or probably on the phone, having to uh, deal with um, the sort of minute detail that sometimes you wish you didn't have to 
deal with. So, uh, Nick and Tony, thank you very much for your uh, time. And uh, good luck for the start of the season. And um, we will uh, we will look forward to catching up and see how all these plans come together. So, uh, you've been listening to a Rugby Coach Weekly podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. If you want to find out more, go on to the rugbycoachweekly.net site. Click on the podcast button and you can find more details about all the podcasts and some of the show notes from tonight. So uh, thank you very much all for listening and we'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.